Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. It's so good to be here in the house of God with you today. How incredible has the conference been already? Right? Okay, so we just did the look to the left and the right. I would like to have you guys do that again. I want you to look to the lady to your left and say, you are chosen. Now I want you to look to the other side and say, you have purpose and God has a plan. Okay, so it's kind of funny that this is called fearless because let me tell you, I am not emotional, no, I am not a motivational speaker, as you can tell, and um, I had a lot of fear coming into this space. Um, like I said, I don't step into spaces like this very much, but for the last few years, we've been sharing the hope that we have in Jesus, and isn't it just like the enemy whenever you're being called to do something for the Lord to put those negative thoughts in your head, and he makes you feel inadequate, and he makes you feel like, who do you think you are? And he gives me a spirit of fear. But as we've heard this whole conference, God does not give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Let us pray. Jesus, I just thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this room and in the hearts of these women that you have positioned here, right here, for what you plan to do in their life. God, we thank you for your word that it is a lamp to our feet. We thank you that you came in the flesh. You lived and died for us, Lord, and were resurrected so that we can be reconciled to you and have freedom and have life. Lord, I pray that it is your word that comes through me today, God. May I decrease as you increase. I pray all of this, everything that I say, is for your kingdom and your glory alone. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I said, I'm not a motivational speaker, I'm not a pastor. We heard a little bit um, about my family. I am just a sinner, saved by the grace of God. And I have such a love for Jesus that I just wanna share it with everyone. I live on a little farm in Central Texas, like she said. I'm a wife and a mother. I'm a mother of four. We have lots of animals. We have three dogs, one cat, a bunch of chickens, some goats, a hamster named Darla, And my husband texted me last night and said there was a massive rattlesnake at our house. So my mom's here and I'm sure she's freaking out right now. (laughs) We have also been beekeepers in a season or two. And I guess you could say I'm a city girl gone country. So um, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And he determined that I would move to the country and marry my husband, who is a singer-songwriter. We've been married for 13 years. I think we might have a picture of my family. There it is. So that's my sweet family right there, my very handsome husband. He is, like I said, he's a touring musician, and he has recently turned preacher, which has been such an honor and such a blessing to watch him step into that calling. My daughter, London, she's on that side. She's 10 now, so she's a little bit older than that picture. She is one of the lights of my life. She is so funny, so joyful. She has a love for animals like I've never seen. She loves squishmallows and fidgets and gymnastics. And um, she's the best organizer I know. If you need your pantry or your home organized, she's your girl. 
We have Lincoln, he is on that side, he is eight, and he said that he loves Footnite, sorry, Footnite, Fortnite, football, and God. Those are his three things that he put on his chalkboard on his way to school this year. He has such a kind heart, such a giving spirit, he loves Jesus, and he loves bubblegum. So then we have River, he's our fiery, funny redhead. He is such a joy. He loves Lightning McQueen. You never, never saw him without it clutched in his little hand. He loves the dirt, he loves tractors, and he was always barefoot outside. He told me when he was two years old that Jesus was his friend and that he would see a big, nice T-Rex in heaven someday. The next photo is our little guy, Maverick. He is one. He is such a joy. Um, he loves food. He would eat everything in my house if I let him. And he is, I was blessed with him because he's a great sleeper. I didn't have that with my other kids, so hallelujah. <laughs> I was approached to speak at this conference by Chrissy. We met at a conference at my church, and she had asked me to come speak. I looked it up, and when I had heard that it was called Chosen, I said, I'm there, Lord, because I do a YouTube show called Arise with Amber, and I close every episode saying, you are chosen. So I felt like God just aligned this in such a way because we are chosen by the Lord for his glory, so I'm grateful to be here. I prayed a lot about my topic today, and if you have a relationship with the Lord, you know that he can surprise you. And he had me rewrite my entire message two days before I was supposed to be here. <laughs> so I don't know about you, but I love dreams. I used to have a bunch of dream books when I was a little girl. I used to love to look up the symbols, and I had a dream on September 8th, actually, which is my grandmother's birthday and the day the queen passed away. Um, I had this dream of a big Statue of Liberty. It was, I mean, bigger than this building. It was huge. There were these massive icebergs floating by in this um, cool blue water. And so I prayed about um, a dream book because now that I'm a Christ follower and um, a, you know, a follower of Jesus. I want everything that I put into my mind, I want it to glorify and edify him. So I didn't want to read anything that I wasn't supposed to be reading. I was led to this book by a pastor. It has all these dream symbols and it leads you to scripture. So I looked up the dream symbol of the Statue of Liberty and of course that means freedom. And it led me to Isaiah 61, which is the song that we just sang about, which is how the Lord works and he's so good to confirm my message today. So Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise that we just sang about instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I stand here today, a Christ follower, a disciple, and like I said, I have such a love for Jesus that I wanna share with everyone, but that wasn't always my story. I have to give you a little backstory as to how I got here. I didn't grow up a believer. I actually wasn't reborn until my mid-30s. I said the prayer when I was 14 at a church camp, but my life was not showing any of the fruits of that. I was not truly walking with the Lord. I knew of God, um, but I didn't have a relationship with him. But how intentional is God that he always keeps pursuing, 
And he kept pursuing and kept pursuing. And that song, Amazing Grace, it would be my theme song if I had a walkout song. <laughs> Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And I'm forever grateful for his love in my life. I began going to church after this rebirth and taking my kids. I began reading devotionals every day, praying and speaking about God. Granger's career was booming. He was so successful. He was traveling all over the world. We had very happy, healthy kids. We were happy, and life was so good. And then it wasn't. On June 4th, 2019, that beautiful redhead little boy drowned in our backyard. It was a gorgeous summer day. It was just a normal day like any other. Um, I got him out of his high chair and set him down, and he wanted to go outside and play, which was normal. I let him go outside, and I had had one of those stressful mom days. I needed to go take a shower, so I went in the back and let them go outside with my husband. And my husband was doing gymnastics with our daughter. The little boys were playing with water guns. And as soon as I got out of the shower, I heard my daughter scream through the doors that were open. And all I could hear was the words river and pool. And I was thinking, you know, we have a gate. How did he get in the gate? I started to run, thinking he was still going to be in the water, and I was going to be able to just scoop him out, and he was going to be fine. I ran out, and I yelled, where's Daddy? And as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I looked and saw my husband inside of our locked pool gate doing CPR on our son. We called 911, and we spent the next three days in the hospital praying for a miracle. And we didn't get that miracle this side of heaven. We buried our precious boy five days later. If you have experienced a loss of this magnitude, you know the grief of a mother crying so hard by her son's crib into his blanket until nothing comes out. You know the anger and the confusion of, you know, I was driving, I would punch my steering wheel, and I just cried out to God. I didn't understand. You know the secrecy of having to hide in your closet and cry and then come out and wipe your eyes so that you could be the mom that you need to be for your other kids. I didn't know it at the time, but in those months prior, when I was reading those devotionals and going to church and all of those things, listening to worship songs, God had been preparing my heart. And he's so loving in that way that all of those things, I was going to conventions just like this. He was preparing my heart for such a time as this. Through my grief, I tried everything to make the pain go away. I cried, I prayed, I read every book on hope in heaven that you could, probably I could fill my whole house with all these books that I read. I drank a lot of wine. But the only thing that helped me in the dark was going to the source of the light. After months of reading devotionals and, and doing all those things where you get like a little piece of the Bible and you get like, you get something to make you feel good for the rest of the day, my husband came in and he said, we need to just put all these devotionals away. We need to go right to the source. We need to open up the word of God. Jesus tells us that he is the light of the world. And in John 8, 12, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, 
but will have the light of life. The things of this world will not take away your pain. They're just a Band-Aid. Alcohol, drugs, sex, food, work, whatever it is, it's not going to fix your pain. You have to go directly to the source, to the healer himself. I begin to feast on the word every day. It's like the song saying, you know, I will worship until I believe it. That's what you have to do. I went to church when I didn't want to get out of bed. I just wanted to stay in bed, but I made myself get up. I made myself worship. I made myself fall at his feet. I blared worship music all the time, in the morning, in the afternoon, when I was driving in my car, at night. And like, like my um, introduction said, we vowed to never let anything tear our family apart. My husband and I came together as husband and wife before God, and we vowed to trust his plan and be the parents that we need to be and bring good from this mess. And that's why I'm standing here. I don't know what all of you came in here with today. This is a big room. And I can imagine some of you probably know the same pain that I do of losing a child. Some of you might be having trouble in your marriage. Some of you might be needing financial assistance in a big way. Some of you might have a wayward son or daughter. You might be secretly battling depression or anxiety or suicidal thoughts. You might be struggling with a disability every day of your life, wondering, does God see me? Jesus never said that this life would be easy. He didn't. His life wasn't easy. But he said, I have said these things to you so that in me, you will have peace. In this world, we will have trouble. We will have trouble, but take heart because he has overcome the world. Amen. <laughs> and like I said, suffering isn't, you don't get a pass from suffering as a Christian. In fact, you know, you might even suffer more. And if you haven't faced a type of suffering, you will. We're told that, we're given that. Jesus told us that. Who is going to be your peace through the suffering? What are you going to turn to? The scripture that I read um, from God through the mouth of Isaiah was read 700 years before our Savior came. 700 years. And we read in Luke, our Messiah, Jesus, reads this Isaiah scroll himself. In Luke 4, it says, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, I love this, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. <laughs> it's like a mic drop. The eyes of everyone on the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. If you are hurting right now, if you are suffering right now, if you are hopeless right now, if you have fear right now, don't lose heart. Darkness in itself, it doesn't really exist. It's just the absence of the light. Draw near to the source of the light and he will draw near to you. We have a savior who came in the flesh for you and for me who died for our sins so that we could not live in fear and we can be set free, so that we could have life and have it abundantly, so that we could be forgiven and live in the light, so that we could be fearless and live with the hope because we know that he goes before us. He's coming back for his bride. Are you gonna be ready? 
He's taking us to a place where there is no more death, no more tears, no more sickness, no more pain. Some of you may be thinking, well, you don't know my pain. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what my life's been like. Jesus does. He felt it, and he took it all. You know, before he went to the cross, he was in the garden, and he was filled with so much anguish that he sweat blood. Have you ever sweat blood? Because <laughs> I haven't, and I've been through a lot of pain. He asked for this cup to be taken from him. But thinking about you and thinking about me, he surrendered and said, but not my will, yours be done. Through the ashes and, and through the mourning of Jesus' death, he gives us freedom, he gives us joy, and he gives us a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair because that tomb was empty. Those who repent and believe are planted, like the verse in Isaiah says, planted like oaks of righteousness. Our roots go deep, and when this world comes against us, and it will, we will not be shaken. We have a firm foundation in the way, the truth, and the life. In verse 4 of Isaiah, it says, they will rebuild. We just sang about this. They will rebuild, they will restore, they will renew. And in order for something to be rebuilt, it has to be broken. It has to be broken. And in his sovereignty and his love for you, sometimes he breaks walls down, sometimes he prunes, sometimes he wounds. But he does it all for your good and for his glory. And he is good to rebuild and restore and like Catherine said, we might not see it this side of heaven. We'll never be fully restored until we get to heaven with Jesus. But if we keep taking those steps, he will start to show you the goodness and your joy will turn into dancing. He will give you beauty for ashes. And if it's not good, he's not done. He's not done. God used taking my son to make me fully surrender to him. And I can't honestly say that I would be standing here before you if we still had Riv in our life. My husband wouldn't be a preacher. So much good has come from our pain. And if even one person is brought to the feet of Jesus because of that, because of this story or anybody's story who came up here today, then it's worth it. I laid flat on the ground so many times and I just, I mean, literally like prostrate on the ground prostrate on the ground with my hands open, and I said, Jesus, I can't do it, because we can't. We can't do it alone. We can't do it by ourselves. We need the one who has the strength in our weakness. Being the loving father that he is, he hears our cries. He catches every tear. Psalm 40, verse 2 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise, a song of praise to our God. Like I said, so much, so much good has come from our loss. My son donated two organs and saved two lives when he went home. We started the nonprofit in his honor, and since then we've given back almost half a million dollars to people in need. My husband is now a preacher. <laughs> I am a preacher's wife. 
Um, He's attending seminary in the spring. We have walked so many others through pain and grief because we ourselves were comforted and we want to pour out that comfort on others. But like I said, the best thing to come from it is that I get to stand here in front of you and tell you that you have a savior who came, who died, who was resurrected again, and who you have hope in if you trust in him and if you call on him, he sees you, he hears you. Granger asked me a little while after we lost Riv if I would ever want to have another baby. And in my pain, I said, absolutely not. I could never, I could never. Riv was our caboose. I could never do that. It would feel like a betrayal. But through my surrender and through my prayer, like I said, he put a new song in my mouth and he gave me a verse. And this is the verse that I have for my son. It's Isaiah 43, 19. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We did try for another baby in 2020, and I wish I could say that all went perfectly well, but we did have a miscarriage. So it was pain again of crying out to God, but in my new surrendered heart, I just looked up and I said, I trust you. I I trust you in whatever it looks like, whatever pain I'm I'm going through, I will praise you in the blessing and the breaking. We did go on to have a blessing of Maverick. And Maverick has his his, um, brother's name, Riv, in his name, R-I-V. And he has brought so much joy back to our family. I think we have a photo of the kids. He has brought so much joy and (laughs) happiness to them. And we walk every day, as Catherine said, grief and joy coexisting. We have heartache in one hand and hope in the other. And um, there's a lady I follow on Instagram, and, and she said, if you're walking with heartache in one hand and hope in the other, you can be sure assured that God is holding you. And I love that. I love that. I love, I love that, that visual, that this life is not going to be easy. You're going to be hard-pressed with pain and sorrow and grief, but we have a Savior who comes to give us hope and life and joy and restoration. Some days we go out and we sow in tears, and some days that's what we have to do. We have to get up and we have to, we have to still sow and plant with tears. Psalm 126.5 says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Some of the greatest joys in life are followed, I'm sorry, are preceded by the greatest suffering, and that's the cross. One last thing before I go is I just want to share how how personal God is and how intentional he is. A few few months after River went to heaven, I read a book called Hope Heals by Catherine Wolfe. A few months after that, she came to our church, and I sat in the audience, a broken mother, looking at her, and she said last night, she didn't want want to inspire, she didn't want to come to inspire anybody, but that's exactly what she did. I sat there in awe of her and her hope and her love for Jesus and her, her, her passion just for, for getting up and doing the good, hard things of life. And it's been such an honor to be a part of this conference with her 
And I love how God just connects all the dots and he makes everything come full circle. So just be prepared. One of you might be up here next because God is just so good in that way. God is building his kingdom and he's, he's taking the ashes of this broken world and he's making them beautiful. And you may feel like you have been broken or destroyed. You may feel like whatever you're going through right now, you might not even wanna be at this conference. I know I sat at a conference and I just had to put a smile on my face and I didn't even wanna be there. But God has put you in this room for a reason. And he's moving in your life and he's drawing you near to him. So call out to him and trust him. Do not fear. You have a purpose and God has a plan and you are chosen by the savior of the world. Lord, I thank you so much for our time together today. I thank you for allowing us to be vessels of your glory. I pray that you invade the hearts of these women, Lord. I pray that they leave here different than what they came in with, God. I pray that you take away that spirit of fear and you give them a spirit of freedom. I hope that they trust you. I hope that they wanna seek you and that they know you and that they wanna shine your light for others. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.